In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I know this little series is about bread, but today we're giving bread a bit of a rest. We're looking at the topic of discernment, which allows me to nod to the gospel before settling down in the first book of the Kings. We get so few of the stories which are the foundation of our faith up here because there isn't time. Downstairs we teach those stories, but it's wonderful if one can at least allude to one. Discernment, how does that go? You're looking for the real thing and trying to find it among things that are not so real. And yet, they all look the same. How do you know? How do you know when you found it? Something in you says, that's it. That's the one. No, not that one. This one over here. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for, watching for, looking for all along. You know that moment. Maybe it has never come, but you keep looking. You know what you are looking for even though you have never seen it? You'll know it when you do, and you know that. The one real thing, the one thing worth having, worth living, worth living for, worth loving, even if we never find it. The search is enough to make everything else worth it, to all we need is a glimpse of it, the smell of it, the taste of it, to keep us going. Yes, we settle for less, just to survive, but only for a time. Always nurturing the hope, the hope that stands on a promise unspoken, whispered to the heart before time began. The promise that says, you are and you are mine. The promise that calls us onward, onward to a place we've never been to call that home. The promise that is God's great yes to us. And the way to get there is marked by no, 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 not good enough. That's not it, not this way, no, back to square one, let's start again, keep looking, keep finding, keep looking over and over again. The path to God's yes is marked by no, no, no. It's called discernment. The power to distinguish to differentiate, to separate, to say, no, they're not the same. They look the same, but only one is right, only one is real, only one is it. And if only one is it, then the other or the others are not not good enough. They're nothing. Discernment. It's the gift King Solomon shows when he's faced with a choice later on on his journey than the section we heard today. He's faced with a choice. Two women, one child. One of the women is the mother of the child, both claim to be. Which one is, really? It's life or death. He solves it with a flash of a sword, piercing to the depths of the darkness of the human heart. Love speaks truth into action. Give the child away. The one I want with all my heart. Give it to her so it may live, the child's mother says. Take it. He's yours. 
That's how love speaks to a listening heart, a heart that is looking for love, looking, looking. Solomon doesn't say, I'll take it under advisement. I'll do a consultation. He doesn't say, give me 30 days to pray. He knows in a nanosecond how we know. We heard it again today. How as a young man, maybe 20 years old, a young king, the crown heavy on his brow, the furrows only just beginning to get etched in, he turns to God. God comes to him in a dream, always. God comes in the darkness, in a dream. When it really matters to you and to him together, he comes in darkness, he comes in the night, he comes in a dream. God says, what do you want? Solomon says, I want what I need, a listening heart. That's what the text says, a heart that listens, a heart that will find insight when it needs it, will receive what it needs when it needs it. I don't want a head full of information. I want a heart that's primed to act when the trigger is pulled by you. I don't want a warehouse full of unused inventory. I want a short supply line. Bible knowledge is just great, but I want what I need when I need it. I want, and not a moment before, and then it's gone out into action to be called on again. I want a listening heart. The ESV, true to form, bless its heart, says, gives us an understanding mind. God bless him, yes, of course that's correct, except but the heart means so much more to the Hebrew mind than mind now means to us. We've caught up with the Hebrews, and we've left the speculative Greeks for a while to help us when we need them. The mind means more to the Hebrew mind than mind needs now to us, as its boundaries have shrunken back and back to the left hemisphere, just as Rome shrank before the assault of the Visigoths. The heart means everything, Lave to the Hebrew, every immaterial function, every thought and feeling and desire, all knitted together as thought and feeling and wanting and willing should be, must be always one. What dire things happen when we pull them apart, when they get out of sync, as they always do, more now than ever surely in the history of humanity are the pieces of the heart and the mind out of sync. I want a listening heart so I can discern. There's the word bean, and there are puns on the word bean throughout it. Habin bain, which means discern between, because bean is the root of the word between, which means choosing between one thing and another. I want a listening heart so I can discern, Solomon says. Distinguish, differentiate between the good and the evil. This takes us right back to Genesis. What Adam and Eve took and got, he now asks for again, bold as brass. Note that he doesn't say, I want the knowledge of good and evil and how to tell them apart. I want it all under my control, as Adam and Eve did. He says, I want the power to choose when I have to. And for that, I need to be able to listen to a voice outside of my own heart, to something, to someone other than myself, to you. I need to be able to hear you when I need you. Good choice, says God, says the Lord, Adonai. You could have asked for riches, 
of life, you, long life for you and death for my enemies. My inbox is full of people looking to get death for their enemies or at least the rest. Well, I've got plenty of calls in for death for one's enemies. But you get it. You want something that no one wants, that no one asks for, the one thing everyone needs, discernment. Because if you're going to descend day after day into the human heart, the idol factory, as Calvin calls it, the place, as scripture says again and again, where all sorts of things abide in the darkness, things evil and things good, with all sorts of spirits and with one spirit, all jumbled together, conniving and contending and contriving for recognition and cognition. If that's where our journey leads us day after day, then we need discernment. And that's where our journey leads us day after day, into the depths of the human heart. And the difference between spirits and the spirit, capital S, and the power and the necessity of each or either to govern or guide our lives is so absolute life and death that to choose life again and again, you must have discernment, the power of no. Otherwise, life is hell, period. That means the power not just of looking for, but also of looking through, of looking past, of looking beyond that which the eye sees. In this world, what you see is what you get, which means nothing. The eye of faith sees, but through a glass darkly, and the eye of faith has to see in the dark. Learn, has to learn to open and open to discern in the shadows what is there and what is not there. What is real, what is unreal, what is, what isn't. And that counts too, as much as good and evil. What is, and what's the good of it? What good can it do? These two questions, what is, what is really there, as opposed to what seems to be and isn't, and what's good, these are the questions that always pop up at the same time. Our world is full of information, more information than we know what to do with. We open our arms wide and send our children out to embrace it, and then we pay a high price for Bloomberg or whoever to give us some real news, to whittle it down and sort it through. Is there time enough for all this when real-life decisions must be made in microseconds, when the strength of a financial empire is determined by the length of its fiber-optic cables? Better we work on what we do with what we know with the information that it is our inexorable task to intercept the data, that it is our vocation to process, to deal with what really comes our way in real time, to have a heart that thinks and a mind that feels, a listening heart that is always alert, sweeping the sky, scanning the horizon for signs of his presence. We'll find him in the strangest places, Full of the Spirit on Pentecost Day, the disciples are thought to be drunk with wine. Don't get drunk with wine, the apostle says, but drink wine. Know that feeling of elation, that feeling of the sober intoxication of the Spirit, as Raniero Cantalamessa, the papal preacher, puts it. That sober intoxication that is the sign of God's presence. Drink wine. Know that feeling, learn to draw the line before it turns toxic. Otherwise, how will you know the spirit? In time, you will want the wine less and the spirit more and more. 
you will learn the difference. You will learn the in-between of moderation, the golden mean, that in-between, fine. But don't get settled into safety either. We're called to more than mediocrity, no matter how comfortable, how respectable. The spirit is wild as our God is wild, untamed, undomesticated. And he calls, he requires women and men of courage, <clears throat> the courage to discern, the courage to say no, the courage to hang on and to hold out until they've at least seen the real thing, at least glimpsed it in passing on this side of Jordan. And that may be as close as many of us get. Solomon asks for a heart that listens, and he knows that the heart is divided. We're told he goes to the high places with his people to worship the pagan gods. Just like us, we want it both. But God, hearing him ask for this listening heart to discern, gives him something more. He gives him a heart that discerns, and then he gives him wisdom. Hakam, chokmah, the word we see all over his writings, all over Proverbs, lady wisdom. Chokmah, which means conditioned reflexes. The listening heart gives us an attitude to reality into which we grow. But from that attitude, our discernment leads us to make the choices that bear fruit. And our reflexes begin to be stimulated by our discernment. Through experience, we find that that link that connects attitude and action gets closer and shorter and tighter. Again, it's not a matter of storing the rules up in your head and trying to apply them in life. It'll get you through a scrape. It will not grow you into anything. And the Bible's message again and again is the heart needs to be conditioned. It's a change of heart that we seek, that God seek. But God, in the kindness of what he gives to Solomon, offers the same thing to us. So let us set our sights and tune our listening hearts to his voice. Wherever we hear it or see it, in the world around us, and yes, in our own hearts. Hearts. And as we get to hear that heart and to love the one who, listen, who listens to our prayers and utters his words to us and proclaims his word to the world and helps us echo with our intimate affirmation of what he has said in the public square, let us develop a taste for this and for nothing. Let us develop a taste that nothing else will satisfy the bread that Jesus gives, the bread of life, the bread of his word, the bread of his spirit, the touch of his voice on our hearts. Amen.